Welcome to the Female Disruptors Office Hours, a podcast audio experience created for women by women. My name is Lisa Beyer, and I will be your host. Each episode, I will interview females and minorities disrupting in their space. We're going to talk about how you can break through the age and gender discrimination, how women can take back your power, how you can have anything you want at any age. So let's get started. Hi, and welcome to another episode of the Female Disruptors Office Hours. My name is Lisa Beyer, and I am your host, and I am here today with a very positive interview with Daniela Rolano. Hey, Daniela, how are you? Hi, Lisa. Thank you so much for having me here today. Thank you for being here. So I'm excited to dive into this topic of, so you're a psychologist, first of all, which I think is awesome. And I have a lot of experience with psychologists. I am a big believer in personal development and being proactive with your mental health. Also have been guiding my family through their own personal journeys of mental health. So um, definitely I'm excited to talk to you today, but what I love about what you're doing is something completely different. It's combining psychology and artificial intelligence and you're calling it the mindful web. So tell us about your journey of how you came to this, to to be so specialized on this topic, which I think is very trending and very futuristic. Thank you so much for the introduction. And as you say, I resonated mostly with the proactiveness. So for the people that just know psychology, which is what I mastered in and my, my speciality is the science of flourishing which means we study what makes people feel a sense of a meaningful life and for so be more resilient with life challenges. And through the past, I think, eight or nine months now, I've been applying this in Web3 more as a mindset of prioritizing people and the impact in people when we're thinking on what for to use the new technology. And that what is called a mindful web three. So mindful web three is just the voice and the movement, if that makes sense, of 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 the ones that we really are believing that technology tools are just tools. As much as they can evolve, it's us as people that are choosing and having the responsibility and the gift to choose wisely how to use them and what is the positive impact that we're wanting to contribute with with them. So, so according to that, uh, I started learning around the AI clip tools and, and there is where I'm mostly moving at the moment with, with the project called Thrive and is meant to be the, the emotional uplifting. So more than us feeling calm and peaceful, which I do believe a lot in, I want people to feel emotionally uplifted to feel more joyful to feel a little bit more courageous but mostly a high sense of belonging I I and I started this because my master's research was about how passion becomes courage and for so we perform better and we accomplish more and one of the most important aspects of that was that sense of belonging so so if we feel that we're part of something and we're and, and we're being authentic to ourselves first we will develop that into emotional tools as courage so we can move forward and 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 that's that's like the the main why and the main purpose about this and i feel that that's the brighter way to to build a more empathic world which is my personal purpose 
Yes, I love it. And I had a session with you that we did on Friday. So as we're recording this, it's December 12th. And I think that this will go live tomorrow on the, mm. on our podcast. But yeah, so we had, I experienced a session with you, which I thought was, it was, it was some ways like a little bit like challenging because I had mm-hmm. a look from within and I don't want to give away exactly what you do because it was, it's your, you know, your method, but <laughs> You kind of had me take a little bit of like a a personal deep dive into some of my values, I'm going to say, and my my own attributes and my own opinion, which is hard to evaluate yourself. And so it was a very calming session, which included some, some sound effects and some visualizations. My eyes were closed. And afterwards, I did really feel very calm from it. And then right before this interview, then you gave me some images that were a result of our session, which I'm going to like, actually we're using, I'm using it right now as my background. So it's a, it's, it's my own personal visual that came out of my session, which I think is so cool right now for, you know, those of you that can't see us, we're doing this by video as well, but behind Daniela is this beautiful, very soothing picture. That is that, was that yours? Is that a result of your own personal Session yeah, that you yeah, did. it's meant to be like a botanic yogi garden. Yeah, thing. I love it. I love it. I want to go do yoga over there right now. <laughs> we'll, we'll exchange. Like I can do yoga in your space. You can come to yoga in my space yeah. on the beach. <laughs> the beach is amazing. <laughs> yes. Yeah. So what are some of the, what's, can you share some of the research that you've done and some of the, you know, in the, the studies that you've done, what's been the outcome of this? Yes. So part of the why I chose this methodology, it's because it's, it's research-based and it's positive psychology. So what I'm aiming for is, as, as, I, as I tried to with you, is to reconnect people with their strengths, values, purpose. And those are traits that are here to stay, which means our values is our backbone and usually is what makes us drive or stop doing something because it feels or too strong either way right or when we do something that didn't really convince us there's something there in our values that is double clicking so indistinct of how we see ourselves and the life state we are at in our careers or with our families or love life those are the 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 most strong things that we have here to stay and there is where we get the sense of belonging and there is where we get the self-awareness to grow and move through difficult situations And one of the most beautiful things is actually to make that movement, which means I I really deeply care in personal growth and there's no way to go personal growth without showing up and moving. And for that, we do need courage. So in the connection of, of passion, courage and moving, one of the most beautiful things I've found is that 93% of of the people that did the research with me or participated, they talked about purpose. And that means that having a why behind what we do, and that's one of the things that we were discussing. You were telling me like, yeah, I like to to uplift women. And then this is why, like, this is what I do and I love it. And we were double clicking on why you love it. What is that telling about about that thing that is very within you? And and it's because it's one of the most powerful things we can have. So we can then have the courage to overcome any challenges or situations to, to achieve that. Also, it was very important that most of the people were 
talking about freedom. So 73% of them were caring about feeling free, that they were feeling that what they chose was because they really wanted to, not because of any other forces. And that made them more resilient on the risk. So if I'm in sense of belonging and I make a choice because I'm free too, even if I screw up, the impact, the emotional impact of it will be less harsh than than not making that choice because I wanted or not do anything. More people, I was recently watching a, an interview and and Sam Aldrin was saying that, and I and I back that, that most people find more regrets of not doing something that when they do it and they have an answer for it. So that's also why I find this very important because what I'm aiming for is to create this instant positive emotional trigger. So when people are in that moment of making a choice, they feel more connected to themselves to make a brighter choice, not because of an important specific outcome, but because it will make them feel better about themselves in the future for for making the choice, for trying out, for putting themselves out there. So so definitely, I feel that those are, are a couple of the emotions that I'm aiming for. Also confidence. So 67% of the contestants were, were, a, were talking about how important for them is feeling confident, not just because of themselves and because of like growing gratitude on themselves, but also because of the appreciation. And this is something that, I feel sometimes is undervalued on the power and the responsibility that we can have on making someone else feel they belong to themselves. And as you were saying, it's challenging. Most of the people that had sessions with me, when I ask them about these things, they tell me a story. And, and they tell me a story when they felt proud of themselves or they tell me about someone or why their their partner loves them or why their children loves them. Because it's hard to place those things in ourselves without feeling a little unhumble or, or a little shame. And, and I feel likewise, it's very important to grow that within ourselves, but also have explicit appreciation towards others. I think it's, it's very undervaluated how powerful it is when we tell someone what they're good at or when we show gratitude toward, towards someone because of what they've done. Because that be that 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 kind of goes to our internal jar of self-confidence and belonging. And we can be a very active part of filling that jar for someone else. So so these images are pretty much an intent of being part of that of that jar and access as accessible as 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 people want to have it when they need it. That makes sense. And it's also kind of ironic because it seems like traditional psychologists focus instead of, you know, not trying to, you know, they're focusing on what's wrong first and how to Mm -hmm. fix something versus what's right and how to focus on what's right and get the most out of, out of that to, to kind of, you know, propel your, your future self into positivity and confidence and fulfillment. And, you know, you've heard of, you know, these, articles or letters or people that have been interviewed when they're, you know, kind of on their deathbed and what do they regret? What do they wish they would have done? And a lot of what they regret or they wish they would have done was, you know, more of the things like you're talking about where it's, you know, what is, you know, it really underlined their why, like they didn't really get to do their why they did whatever they did in their life for 
you know, yes. the wrong reasons. Is that, does that make sense? It does. And like, I don't, I actually am grateful for psychology for it. And I'm, I'm like, I, I started also psychology out of a lot of love and passion. And it's, it's like, we got to be aware that a lot of psychology was developed because of, of war effects and, and understanding a lot around that. So there was a lot of people and there is a lot of people that are already with, with a lot going on that need the help to go from minus feeling to feeling zero or feeling positive or feeling better, right? So they're very, very useful. I also believe that this positive psychology is innovation in psychology, is, is, is a proactive mindset that is aiming to have more people, as it is research-based and, and backed, have more people feeling plus. So when challenges come, we have the emotional agility to be healthier around them for ourselves and others. That's also why I, I feel this is the closest answer we have for a more empathic world. Because as there's a lot of, of research and people working on, 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 on bringing to a better state the ones who need it, and we all need some help, this is aiming for being like emotional fitness. Um, and, and I feel it's, it's highly important to, to be aware of it because it makes us have a different choice if we bring ourselves into this mindset in, or the future generations, which are the generations I'm more interested in, in this mindset, because there is where they'll find the structure for when they're adults to make better decisions, for when they're plus 60 to not have an existential crisis back then, because they, they, they made the work of belonging to themselves first. And that's also why I've always been so inspired by Brenna Brown, for example. She's been like my go-to person around belonging and Susan David is my go-to person around courage. Um, so merging those, those ingredients with positive psychology brings us a mindset that will get us closer to not having that feeling that you're describing and not having it gives us space for solving other problems, gives us space for having other ideas, gives us space for creativity. And so, yeah, so for me, I just believe in this in such a strong way. I love it. And I was actually going to ask you for some resources. So where to start if, if, you know, if somebody wants to start with positive psychology, you mentioned Brene Brown mm-hmm. and was it Susan Ford? Is that David. Susan David. So what, like, if you could say like, here's some like little tastes of getting started Mm -hmm. with positive psychology. And, you know, I think what we did is awesome. And it's a little bit, you know, very, not a little bit, it's very innovative and very forward thinking, which I love. And we'll also share how to get in touch with you if somebody wants to do a session with you, but somebody just, this is brand new to them and they want to tap into it a little bit more. Where would you say to get started with some resources? So first I want to make a distinction. Brenner Brown and Susan David are not positive psychologists. They're just my loving, like my loving people. Mm -hmm. Uh, And I believe that their resources are very, very strong. So definitely would be to people to listen and read. Positive psychology wise, I would go to like my favorite writers are of course, Martin Seligman. Martin Seligman is the grandpa of all of this. With, with all respect. <laughs> so it's this person that, that started it all in 202. So, and his, one of his most known books is Flourish. So then, then he will ex- express like some of the ways of explaining how people feel and the main aspects of flourishing. And that was a framework I used on my master's research. 
there's this other person called, if you want to learn more about fashion, for example, Vali Aran with, with the little V and double L. He's like the main researcher on passion. And it's very important to know that so we understand in that purpose and, and the how we're living, how are we connecting with, with harmonic passion and harmonic passion is key for, for a sense of belonging. It's very core when you do have it and you feel it. Another person I think would be key is Bandura. Bandura is a writer about efficacy and self-efficacy. So how can I grow and keep that growth mindset being accountable for myself? And accountability is one of the main or most important aspects of thriving because nobody can do the work for you. They can support you. They can motivate you, but still you're moving. So, so, so I think those would be three people I would look for. Oh, and there's this other very interesting one that is Tal Ben-Shahar. Tal Ben-Shahar was Martin Seligman's student. And then he took from positive psychology, the branch of science of happiness. I believe that all emotions are valuable and welcome. And I believe that having too much of all of, of any of them is not good. Like I believe that too much joy can set us for a comfort zone where we're not actually moving and growing. And and to flourish, we gotta we gotta grow and we gotta move and we'll we'll gotta go through tough times sometimes. But it's still a very, very good, I feel it's a very good person to follow and and more as a mindset of the choices that I can do in my daily life to keep healthy habits. He's really got a lot of good resources of positive habits and have positive meanings, habits that sums up so I can have a better sense of, of a better life and, and, and be more happy. What if in the case is not happy with themselves, where do they even start to, you know, you, you mentioned the words accountability and healthy habits. And if somebody isn't mm-hmm. happy with themselves, is that an example where you start with, I think you called it. Yes, yes. Yes. Uh, say because not being happy with yourself, I would set that more into the gratitude and and self love. Self love, yeah, that's a great great way to put it. Yeah, if somebody, yes, is, I mean, and self love is just for me at least. I mean, self care has been very you know kind of like the you know the buzzword self care, but self love just in the past year or two. I've started reading more about and learning more about how important self-love is. And I think, yeah, that's a great jar to put it in. <laughs> like you said, is yes. if you don't, if you don't love yourself, like that's where you have to start. Um, I think it's an ingredient. Mm-hmm. So for example, self-care can come from many different reasons than love. And, and mm-hmm. that's, that's, that's also something very interesting. I feel that self-love is an ingredient I can, I can love myself and still serve. Okay. So there's this thing called spire. Spire is how we understand ourselves as a whole being. And each part of that whole being deserves a little of our attention. So one is our spiritual life. That's the S. The second one is our physical life. The third one is our intellectual life. The fourth one is the relationships and the fifth one is emotional. So if I've, if I've got a lot of self-love and that's what I feed the most, it can turn into ego and it can turn into not caring that much into my relationships or 
if, if I'm making sense. So just to bring this into the perspective of you can you can have a, a little of other ingredients, but you need to balance what are you feeding and nourishing with that awareness what you have what you gotta nourish for yourself. Um, so for self-love, I feel that it is very important mainly and I think that's one of of the strongest resources that I have for for the people that I've worked with of gratitude. Self-love sometimes is one of the hardest things to follow and to keep the jar filled because we have a lot of external interactions that might not concrete on on what we believe or, or what we want to love ourselves with. That's why it's so important all the work that is being doing and that you're doing for diversity and inclusion and equity because that's that's highly connected with self-love. And I feel that I recently actually I'll, I'll this is one one good one. Let me let me check on it because it's the latest podcast episode from from a little bit of optimism of Simon Sinek. And he talks about, so let me check the name, Being Yourself with Catherine Finney. Great thing to listen because it's from the perspective of, I love myself because I'm different and I paid, like I, I made peace from being different first. So thanks to that, I, I, I could embrace belonging to myself and for so I could make choices that made my life more meaningful and successful. So I believe that gratitude is one of the most powerful resources we can have and little bits sum up in the long run. When we see ourselves is where we start growing that self-love muscle. So when someone else doubts about us or tells us something that don't really reflect on, on how much we believe in us and how much we love ourselves it seems like even even like a joke it doesn't hurt that much because how strong you've built that muscle through gratitude and that's actually a physical homework sometimes i have with with the people that work with me and is to to fill the jar and to put in the jar when they do something that reflects self-love so thank you today because you walked for one hour and that was loving your body and put it there. And by the end of the month, when you read all of that, you feel that it's your, like you feel the accountability you had for yourself in the most natural way. Um, I love that. Okay. So let's, let's just kind of like recap that as, as an exercise that <laughs> whoever's listening can do as part of positive psychology, right? That they can do this 30 day activity. So mm-hmm. let's, let's just reframe it. Okay. So you can do a 30 day activity of the self-love jar or whichever attribute that you want to work within yourself can be confidence, can be intellectually, can be abundance is just to raise awareness from gratitude. So you place a jar in your home And every day you write, or when you do so, you write a little note being thankful for yourself for doing that thing that represented the attribute that you want to raise awareness on and be more grateful for. In the case of self-love, it is that. And by the end of the month, you got to read all the little papers and write down 
the conclusions from gratitude of what you've learned and seen so far that you were accountable for. Did that make sense? Yes. Yes. I love that. Yeah. I actually just got, ironically, gifts from my nieces and nephews from this company called Best Self. Uh-huh. And they sell different types of theme journals. So I got them all gratitude journals and I was going to do a little competition and say, whoever, you know, like in 30 days, let's meet back. And if you, you know, filled it out completely every day and didn't miss a day, then somebody gets like X, Y, Z. Wow. Amazing. They don't know that yet, but <laughs> they probably yeah, don't. That's amazing. Listening. And yeah. it works really well, actually with, with teams. So I did this a couple of times with when I was working in culture in startups, which was my pre-work life before Web3. Mm -hmm. Um, And I made people in the team to fill each other's jar. So by the end of the week, they had to write a gratitude note for the people of the team. And by the end of the month, you would read your gratitude things. So you felt seen. You felt sometimes people say thank you for the things that you expect the least. And you get to know what they're looking and you get to see the things that for you are natural and maybe you don't even really see how valuable they are because you're not looking at yourself in those means. But when they do, you feel seen. It's very beautiful. I love that. And, you know, you're talking about female disruptors and, you know, diversity, equity and inclusion is is a challenge and the gender gap is a challenge. And I think a big problem with with women and minorities in general is yeah. that we do not feel seen a lot of the time we feel invisible and sometimes it's by accident and sometimes it's because of insecurities and you know there's all different yeah. reasons but that feeling of feeling invisible or not being seen can really be damaging to your mental health and to your confidence and yeah and, and cause insecurities. So I think I love that. And I love that that's where you came from. I didn't realize that that you came from working with startups and in their culture and, you know, helping work culture, because that also, you know, is something that whether you're working for, you know, a fortune 500 fortune 100 company, or you're working for a private company or a small startup, the culture of the workplace can make it or break it. Yes, definitely. And that's actually like I've been with positive psychology for over seven years from the first time I got certified until my master's now this year. And that's where I placed it first. I thought and I felt that the best way to build empathic world was building the values of companies and building the interactions and the habits that I would make sure that were as healthy as I could with them so they could then bring that to their homes and their families and their friends interactions and it's incredible the power of that and that's what translated to community building when I first started in web3 because it's about that it's about backbone values that makes us feel seen part of something and that in our uniqueness we can still belong and we can still be heard and the thing is it's not just hard sometimes to be seen but most of the problem is that there's they have not been told how to see another person, mm-hmm. right? Because it's not because they don't want sometimes, it's just because they don't see. You have no idea how many boys I've talked with, like men, that they don't realize the female problem because it's far from them, not because they don't care. And 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 that happens in very like daily life interactions. That's also why raising awareness is so important because we can't keep blaming X, Y, Z. We we just 
have to push the awareness and bring everyone into the conversation. It's what I believe. Yeah, and I totally agree. And so um, one more question, just if you can give some tips on leadership and positive psychology, because I think, you know, we can kind of wrap it there where leadership, whether you're at a startup, whether you're, you know, team building for private company, public company, what are some leadership tips that tie into positive psychology that could help build better teams and be a better leader? I love that. There's two concepts that for me are very strong. One is positive leadership. And the second is, is as servant leadership. So positive leadership is, in my perspective, is not, is not just clapping and, and like making everyone feel happy. It's not about that. Like is is proven that the most joyful and happy corporations are not the the most productive ones. <laughs> so it's not it's not for that. But definitely are the ones that are promoting and constantly remembering the purpose, the vision, and the feedback and the it's not acknowledgement the word but appreciation. So they're constantly talking to their teams and their company about the why we're doing this, about what am I expecting you to behave when I'm not watching you and I'll clap for it, yes, with positive reinforcement and also how much I I literally tell you or tell others about this was good and that's how we're learning through it and how much I'm asking you, what do you need? So those will bring like a state in the company of, of once again, accountability, because it will bring a scenario where people can talk about what is wrong. So we can fix it faster and learn together. And it's not a taboo or it's not like strongly framed and also keeps pushing the why. So innovation and creativity is not lost in the daily life run of running a company, but is thinking constantly in the long term. Servant leadership are, in my perspective, is a type. Oh, you're muted. Sorry, it's it's okay. the type of, of leadership where vulnerability comes first, and being okay with having a team that might know more than we do, and we're there to guide, and we're there to put some see some spots together and and for so flourish together towards the goal so servant leadership is the one that is there for ask questions for for raising the hand and and being the first on serving the team how may i help you what do you need that i could do or maybe that i could ask the company how may we help you so those things are like little tips that i feel that could move forward into a better way of, of, of leadership. Yeah. I feel like it's also creating a safe space mm -hmm. by being that the leader that's creating a safe space where you can, the, the communication is, feels like it can be honest and open and not be afraid to, like you said, ask questions. So I love that. Well, Daniela, thank you so much for giving us this insight. And you are definitely a female disruptor in positive psychology and AI and beyond. And is there anything else you want to add? Any other last words, last tips before we sign off? Yeah, I'm just very, very grateful for being here and for the opportunity. Thank you for, for bringing this 
space for me and for other women to expand our voices and for so for making a more empathic world as well. Yes, thank you. And we will put the links to some of the sources, all of the sources that we discussed today, including how you can get in touch with Daniela, which you can reach out to her on LinkedIn. And I know that she is available for sessions virtually. So you're located in London, but that doesn't mean you, you anyone has to, to come see you in person. You can see people from all over the world. So I encourage everybody to reach out to Daniela if you're interested in this type of work and learning more about it. And thank you so much. And Namaste. Have a great rest of the day and evening. Namaste. Thank you so much for the time today. Thank you. Thank you for joining us on the Female Disruptors Office Hours. If you want more, please check out our website at femaledisruptors.com. We are hosting the second annual Female Disruptors Virtual Summit in January 2023, and I would love to see you there, femaledisruptors.com. Thank you so much to our sponsors, The Buyer Group, Goat Social, and Social Media Pros.